Tonight sees the start of a new adventure for Doctor Who. Tom Baker returns as the intrepid time explorer whose travels take him to the leisure hive, where the science of tachyonics is spectacularly demonstrated. It's got to be unreal transfer. Why's it got to be? Because that's the only way to manipulate solid objects. What if I told you this part of the galaxy doesn't discover unreal transfer until 2386? Then how's it done? I don't know. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. Everything is under control. Or nearly everything. Warn all security guides to be on the alert for two unidentified visitors. Description. One tall, curly-headed humanoid in the company of young humanoid females. Doctor Who embarks on a new series of bizarre adventures starting tonight at 6.15 on BBC One. In today's episode... Watch out for doorways. Because I was thinking, yeah, you know, no. that you're going to hit those a I lot. get a hat just to protect them. Just a like, hat? Don't have yeah. them exposed like that. Anyone no. could just like... Or you can sort of have them as a little... Or you can just use a little catapult and just keep peeing <laughs> at them until they went off. I felt like they were all saying words that they didn't believe in. So, the West Side. And I know I'm supposed to say West Lodge, but I'm going to keep saying West Side. Well, I think the explanation is somehow there's some sort of tachyonic creative moment Don't which doesn't make any sense. Don't you dare say tachyonic creative moment to me ever again. <laughs> so I just said it. I said it. And I, have, I have no guilt. Well, no, I will, I will now be talking. Wow. Um, I know, I know. Yeah, this is this, this new job. This is this new job that's gone to your head, hasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello and welcome to World Enough and Time. My name is Andy. And I'm Alex. How are you? I'm jolly good. How have you been since ages ago? Yeah, I think it was, was it about two or three months ago that we recorded The Savages? I think it was, yeah. <laughs> so you, yes. you've had quite a time of it, haven't you, Petal? Yes, I have. My, oh no, I can't even say that. <laughs> <laughs> I could so I just realised I'll get taken to court if I say anything that I was just about to say. <laughs> you can talk about it in, a, in oblique terms. In a really, yeah circumspect way. Anyway, I'll be starting a new job next week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically you weren't in a position to pod pod about trivially about Doctor Who because life was kind of upside down. In bags of misery. But yes, no, it has all turned around and I have a spring in my step again. So yes, all good. Not only has she got a spring in her step, dear dear listeners, but I've noticed that she's wearing a very preppy, preppy denim denim shirt with paired or matched with leather trousers. <laughs> oh, did you see the ah, I know, sweetie. <laughs> I know these things, sweetie darling. I have spies. <laughs> these are the same style of 
trousers that I wore at the space um the space murder mystery. Yeah. When yes, exactly yes. the same obviously about five sizes bigger, but uh, <laughs> exactly the same style, sweetie. <laughs> yes, dear listeners, so we did have a space murder mystery. It was lots of fun. Lots of I was wearing bin bags mainly. Good. You, you rocked bin bags. I don't think I did. Um Yes. So I don't have anything to report at all. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Can you tell me about how things have been for you recently? I shan't. I shan't. I think I shall continue to be in the closet forever. Okay. Let, let's move over then. <laughs> <laughs> no, please elaborate. Yes, so please talk some more. What do you mean? I have come out and am out gay and proud and even possibly Yay. even getting to be quite a, a militant gay already in my early gayness. Yeah, no, yeah, you're really militant. Proud to beware. <laughs> he might punch you with his gayness. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been coming a long time for now. Um, yes. Yeah. But all good in terms of home life and stuff. It no one believes me. They're like, oh, but you've destroyed your marriage. You've destroyed two people's lives. You've destroyed your son's life. No, everyone's fine because I've taken it really slowly. Everyone's good. We're all still friends and there's no, no, no tears, no crosswords. But I am now in a relationship with a man called Ryan and he's lovely and he's the kindest, most wonderful person. And I've been together with him for quite a while now and ultimately I'll move in with him but I'm also going to be parenting John um, by living nearby. So co-parenting stuff but nice but he will have the two gay dads situation (laughs) and i'm gonna meet him soon aren't i well you already met him when we were in bed together the other day didn't you no face to face i know yes yes, in that way dirty (laughs) there's nothing dirty about it we were just lying there When you say I met him in your bed, it sounds dirty. <laughs> okay, sorry. So, yes. So now, I, I mean, there's actually, it's not a rich vein, is it, in Doctor Who? But now, if I happen to fancy a male character in Doctor Who, I can be more direct about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many to choose from. Oh, actually, no, the only thing that now becomes clear is your love of Ganatus. Yes, I wrote it down. <laughs> Fancying Ganatus. <laughs> <laughs> but that really was your only option it wasn't like Martin Clunes was there and you were like no I'm, I'm really struggling the, the the field is not brilliant is it but we'll see maybe occasionally my interest will be will be piqued <laughs> well we're all very excited to see where that will take us today <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to take us anywhere at all. No, I don't think it could. Honestly, this <laughs> no. is, I think this is the, the most asexual Doctor Who story of them all. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, you might be right. So, um, good. So, I have an age-old question to ask you. Age-old. And that is, what you be watching on TV? Yes. And it's so age-old that I've obviously prepped for that as well. <laughs> I have something written down in front of me, just ready for that question to mm. come. But but in the interests of of politeness, how about you go first? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Shit. So, 
poor Ryan now that the floodgates are open now because he's going to have to watch all my old shit, all my old TV shit. So he, nice. he is now eight episodes into the first series of Tenko. And yes. He's absolutely loving it. He, he didn't expect to. But although, to be fair, he's kind of like watched a bit of Doctor Who and Blake Seven now and he's kind of like, yeah, I'm enjoying all of this. And then when I ask him whether he wants to watch more, he's like, yeah, why? Of course not. You know, why? Of course, you know. Wow. But um, he's no, that's that's good. He's got his Britbox subs- subscription under his arm, and he's he's ready to use it. <laughs> wow! <laughs> but he's not allowed to find out what happens to to Blanche and Debbie next, because um, that's where we left it. They're in the punishment okay. hut because Rose and Marion have told Yamauchi that, that they escaped and they've been found, and he's kind of like, "Oh my God, what happens next?" And well, you have to wait until I see you next week. So hold on to that thought. So is that, is that all of the series on BritBox or just Tenko? Like, is he allowed to explore Doctor Who alone? Or is <laughs> I that, don't is that madness? think so. <laughs> okay. I can't. I'm actually okay. disgusted that you asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you just have to sit and pine when but, you're not around. Yeah, I think that's, that's it. All, so all, all one should do for moi. Um, but yeah. the problem is I've made the fatal mistake. The first Doctor Who story you watched together quite a while ago now was Pyramids of Mars uh, mm. <laughs> and then we've watched Genesis of the Daleks he's watched Stones of Blood he's watched Robots of Death so he's only watched the good ones so everything's down oh, everything's, he's just going to be so disappointed everything's downhill from here <laughs> and he didn't see the Leisure Hive I'm guessing <laughs> no he did he did I could bring that into him we watched the Leisure Hive together before I came away oh okay oh, well at least he's had a <laughs> a view of how <laughs> okay no I'm not going to say that <laughs> yes you said a diverse view. <laughs> yes. Well, we're also working our way through the key to time season. So he, he enjoyed the reboss operation. Oh, nice. Um, he didn't enjoy the pirate planet as much, just like me. Um, he liked mm. Androids of Tara. We haven't got to Power of Kroll yet. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's all correct opinions, I find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you grade him at the end of this? <laughs> yes, I give him scores out of you 10. You have the right opinions. <laughs> you are correct in this. Otherwise, it would all be over so Ooh. swiftly. So I've been watching Tenko, and that's all I'm putting forward for this segment. So what have you been watching? Oh, well, funny you should ask. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have been watching um, a series with my children um, that we found on Disney+, and we were very excited by the um, the synopsis, being that it was about mermaids mermaids and mermaidness but they're not your average mermaid it's called siren so they've mixed up the fact that sirens actually aren't mermaids and they have chicken feet they're yes they had they were they had ugly bird they were ugly birds and then over yes, time they became they mermaids didn't they yes yes that changed yes. but anyway so in this they're mermaids um and the plot just it's a typical kind of american series where they've got a reasonable-ish plot for the first season, um, by the second season, they're trying to retrofit something else in. They, it's a very linear plot in everything. There's no side plots. There's no interesting people in there. Um, and then by the end, it's just absolute fucking madness. Um, so, yeah, it, it's been wonderfully awful. Um, they have very pointy teeth and they rip people apart. They, they kill people left, right and centre. Well, centre. you would, wouldn't you? They're really... <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're great. Um, but yeah, no, I watched that and it really did kill time more than anything. But yes, Siren on Disney+. Plus. Thank you. Please do enjoy. I think I might. So, we rattle onwards towards... Don't we, rattling? Towards that Quizzington's. It's time for a quiz! <gasps> for a quiz! Well, you know me. I've got it all prepared. Wow. Here we go. Initially, O. Oh. Oh. Do you know when you play categories, that categories game, and you have to... Yeah. You have to come up with words that fit different categories, starting with a certain letter. And there's certain words it's mm. really hard to come up with from one letter. What's the hardest mm. letter for you? Because I've got one in my head that I know I can never come up with anything for. Or is there not one? I think I'm always really good at that game. <laughs> I think I'm amazing at that game. Probably X, but apart from that, I'm an absolute goddess no n i'm guessing I, yours is o. no no it's n i know it's not relevant to the plot but n is the one that i can never get and if i ever get n i just end up writing n n n down next to every category and i'm like and every christmas i'm always like ends ever. oh maybe you've just block. kind of frozen yeah you, but maybe it's just it happened to you a couple of times and then since then you've kind of you've frozen every time and you actually can't get past it yeah. It's a fair... You need to have a massage at the same time. <laughs> Good. Anyway, this is O, so that was ra- irrelevant. Yes, it's O. Absolutely fine. Right, what O is the Time Lord hero who ends up in a universe of antimatter? Omega. <laughs> okay, so you froze, <laughs> and I was like, is he really thinking? <laughs> I'm assuming you said Omega I in the time that I could Omega, hear yes, you. I did. <laughs> Well done. Um, what O is the US president who, like almost everyone else on Earth, turns into the master? Obama? Oh, shit. <laughs> I need to start looking for the answers, <laughs> don't I? Oh, for goodness sake. So much to do, isn't there, as a question master? Answers and answers. Yes, it was Obama. Um, what O is a planet neighbouring the sense sphere? Ooh. <laughs> Maybe that's my answer. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That's my answer. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, wait, 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 wait. Is it, I'm going to... I'm going um, to say Oolon. I don't know. Nice. No, it's the Ood Sphere. Oh, I see. That's retrofitting so fucking They must have referenced it. Hoops. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm so glad you enjoyed that. A new who shit. <laughs> I like new who, but I just don't like all the retrofitting. <laughs> too much for my little brain. Shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> what O is Victorian Clara's middle name? Oswald or something? No. I know, no, no, it's not. Oswina? <laughs> Very close. Oz. Oz. Zelda. Oz. 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 Okay, Oz. you need to stop it. Oz. <laughs> 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 Wrong. It's 
Oswin. Oh. So he's, we're so Fuck. close with Oswin. Um, what O are the ape-like servants of the Daleks? Oh, grants. Correct. What O is the home planet of the Kraals? Yes, it's a Sidon, sweetie. <laughs> I know that, sweetie. Oh, it is a Sidon. Well done. Um, what O is an astrologer who the doctor met in the pit? Oh, he liked him. Yes. And his name's suddenly gone from my head. He's Geoffrey Bailden, as yeah. I live and breathe. And he's Organon. Yeah. Yes, good job. Um, what O is the bird that had a wingspan of 50 feet and blew fire through its nostrils, according to Cassandra? Mm. I feel like I should just know this from classical mythology and shit. You ought. Oh. So it's not an ostrich and it's not an O phoenix. Um... An o- uh, it, it is one of those. What is it? Is it? Yes. But it begins with an O. So it's ostrich. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it begins with an O. No, it's actually the O, Phoenix. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Um, what O is the race that includes Sutek and Horus? Well, I didn't hear all of the question, but I'm going to say a sirens. Correct. Um, what O is the computer that is keeper of the minion race banks? Yes, the Oracle. Mm, what's that from? Underworld. Oh, Okay. What O is the name for the humans who govern Solos? Ooh, overlords? Yeah, what's that one? That's the mutants. Oh, yes. Okay, what O are the stone servants of the Cesar of Diplos? Ogro- uh, Ogri. And they said Ogrons again. Oh. <laughs> <coughs> oh. Goodness, that was a bit much wine. Um, Is there something going on in the circle? Shall we go and see? (laughs) That's just beautiful. And what O allows Captain Jack to call anything with a speaker grill? Don't say new who in a disparaging way. (laughs) It's an oscillating potato. Yeah, kind of. It's an omcom. What O is <laughs> I could not hide my disgust Adiop- for that at all. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it is really stupidly annoying. Um, what O is Marth- Martha's cousin Adiola's surname? Sorry, you have to repeat that because you disappeared again. No, you'll have to just try harder. <laughs> Guess what I said. <laughs> what O is Martha's cousin Adiola's surname? So her cousin's called Adiola, and her surname is. Ah, as 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 A shody. <laughs> what ode do the tribe of gum hope will bring them fire? Ooh. The old man, old mother. No, neither. Nothing old. I don't. Who's I that? don't remember it. The. Ooh. Um, 
The Ood? Is this New Who retrofitting around actual stories? <laughs> it really could be, because I don't remember this, but then I probably don't remember any of it in Earthly Child. Hmm. Oh, maybe we should do it on the pod soon, eh? Eh? Oh, hey. no, thank hey. you. I love a nursery child. <laughs> right, um, no idea. Can you give me the first okay. two letters? Well, no, because then I'll have pretty much given you the whole word. Um, it's orb. Oh, orb, yes. The sun. Is that obvious? Yeah, I, I remember oh, they talked about orb, yes. Oh, orb. Yes, I remember them doing that now. Gotcha. Right. Well, you did very well, and you got some of them correct. A lot of them. Right. But others not. Good. Well done. Thank you. Thank you, please. Taxnella. So, now we've had the quiz out of the way, it's time for a word from our sponsor. You're listening to World Enough and Time, a classic Doctor Who podcast. So, that was lovely. She does very she well. She does very well, but... Yeah, I'm proud. But you will not believe the latest development. So, she invited Steph over for coffee. Coffee turned into an overnight stay... And now her and Steffi B. Steffi Beecham, as I live and breathe. Oh, I thought you meant Stephanie Cole. I thought she was banned no. from the house. Banned. But, banned. Um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Steffi Beecham and Lou J, they're just yeah. like living it, living it like... I bet you couldn't sleep that night. I bet they were just raucous. Raucous laughing. <laughs> raucous. <laughs> Swapping tales of yesteryear, of the coal bees and Bergerac. <laughs> And cat calling out at the neighbours. I know what they're like I mean, when they get I drinking. Know. So I think she's she's here for the long long haul. What is this machine? I've already told you, my dear. It's a time and space visualizer. You mean a sort of time television? Yes, yeah, like that. Yes, that's exactly what this is. So now I'm wheeling forward the time space visualizer, which, as our regular listeners will know, we no longer play music. But we do watch moments from Doctor Who of the past. So Can we say Alex, from yesteryear. I love saying yesteryear. No, yesteryear. No, yesteryear. Yes, yesteryear, sweetie. So, have you have you clicked your button? Mm-hmm. What oh, am I choosing from? How many or episodes? episodes? My love, my dove. Episodes. Okay, I will choose episode two. Exciting and, and minutes. Minutes, minutes please. I will choose the eighth minute of episode two, please. What story are we looking at? The Brain of Morbius! <gasps> Gosh, there'll be something going on at Solon's castle. Or maybe it could be something to do with the sisterhood. I can't wait to find out! <gasps> Exciting! Let's and join the adventure radio. at that moment. The sacred flame dies. How can it? That flame is the product of gases forcing up along a geological fault from deep in the molten heart of the planet. It will burn for millions of years. It dies. Unless some subterranean movement. Have you noticed any tremors? Yes. Hurrah. Nice. That was amazing. Amazing. Loved it. Loved it. So, I've... Clunk clipped every trip, or clunk clicked yeah. every trip even. And we have three episodes for you to choose from. Gosh, what could it be? What could it be? I'll choose the third episode, sir. Ah, okay. Episode three. And what minute? The 18th minute, thank you for asking, sir. Oh, so the story is survival. So goodness knows what will be happening at the <gasps> 18th minute. 
So exciting! People will be running, there'll be sand! Or there'll be a hill and motorbikes. Let's join and find out. Fuck yeah. Oh, very good. Very amusing. Cara! I can hunt in the dark. I'll get you something. I'll make you well again. I can run into the dark. Run forever. Oh, so Amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm liking this segment very much. Me too. I'm glad we know what's come up and it all feels very natural. Good. It just flows. Just flows. Flows. So fucking easily. Now you've squashed my favourite Beatles. So anyway, time for our story du jour. No, not again. This is intolerable. What happened? Interfibral malfunction. A line's gone down. So many faults, accidents, the death this morning. Do you think the hive's been interfered with? The fiber optic transmission system has a mean time between failure of 2,000 years. Well, they do that in the TARDIS. It's far in excess of our own needs. Future generations will appreciate it. The few of us who survived the war have our own price to pay. There will be no future generations. The transmission fault has been identified, Madam Chairman. Show me. Does she mean they're sterile? Yes. This leisure hive is the Argolan farewell gesture. Mm. Am I okay to give a bit of background to begin with? Would you? I'd really like that. Good. So, The Leisure Hive. Written by David Fisher, directed by Lovett Bickford. It was the first story produced by John Nathan Turner as producer and was the first story of season 18. It had new titles, new music and possibly new vigour. We will discuss this. So, what's your first memory of The Leisure Hive, Al? Um, I would say... The first thing is, and probably the main thing, is just all the publicity shots on Brighton Beach. Um, I think I remember being excited, definitely that Lala Ward was wearing a cool little um, navy number. Um, and there was just, that was pretty much all they ever showed of it. Like, I don't feel like in your Doctor Who magazines over the years that I've seen much of the stuff that actually happened at the Leisure Hive, I just felt like there was a lot of pictures of them flapping around on a beach. So, um, yes, that was my my overriding memory of it. Yeah, so I did watch it at the time because I think I remember every story from this period. And yeah. I think season 18 was when I realised I was a fan, but probably was still too young to say I was a fan. I was eight. Oh, I don't know, maybe I wasn't too young, but I watched it every week, certainly. And... I've written down, all I remember was the costumes and the colours, little else. So I didn't remember Aww. the story. I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, <laughs> Alex is giving a face just to say she still doesn't know what's going on. No, fucking clue. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> um, yeah, I just remember how yellow it was and being confused. It's just a bit like Lanzarote and Planet of Fire and all that stuff about, well... Are they actually on the planet of fire or are they in Lanzarote? And with this, I remember at the time I was really confused. Are they still on, in Brighton? Is the beach got anything right. to do with the leisure hive? 
and the distinction wasn't enough. Yeah, it was an odd thing to start with a beach and then end up in a in a kind of resort. But yeah, it yeah, odd decisions. They should have been somewhere that was a a, a clear juxtaposition of Difference. Yeah, but yes. I, but I bet David Fisher's script didn't say Brighton Beach. The only reason it was Brighton was because John Nathan Turner lived there, so it was easier mm. for him to get out of bed in the morning. So I, I really think gotcha. that, that David Fisher's script was probably a beach, a proper beach somewhere, or maybe they did start on. A, I don't know. The beach was unnecessary but, to the whole fucking thing. Let's be honest. Sorry. Right. So before we get into. Um, into ripping apart this story, which looks, you look like you're about to savage it to death. It's <laughs> really good, it's really, really good. Um, I want to ask you for a thorough, a thorough synopsis, <laughs> which I'm sure you're ready for. Oh, yeah. So I, I can't wait to find out the detail, particularly about the West Lodge and what was going on with the firm. Uh, I can't wait. Don't you panic. It's honestly, it's, it's all there. So... We start off in Brighton Beach. The Doctor and Lalskipt um, decide to... <laughs> Lalskipt? I feel we should explain that Lalskipt <laughs> is Lalawad. When we were younger, we'd always shorten people's names. And there was the thing we've talked about before, about like Mazza Tazza and Lazza Wazza and, yeah. and all of that stuff. <laughs> but there's also a thing of changing, shortening someone's name... And By then making it a lot putting... longer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then... So Lalska Pater stands for Lala Potatoes, does it? No. No. No, what? Skipter is just what you add to a very shortened name. So we had a friend, Emma, Emma Hollingsworth. I'm sure she'd be very glad to be named in full. And she was she was always Emskipter. She was! I'd forgotten that. We only ever called it Emskipter. Uh, I don't fucking know why, but yeah, it just works really well for shortened names. So, last, last, exactly, <laughs> making it longer but easier to say. Yeah, by, yeah. by removing consonants and putting in, um, no, removing vowels and putting in consonants. Yeah, I wouldn't get a job on countdown, would I? Anyway, no. can you shut up about this now and tell me. About <laughs> right, well, she is looking really. Like vicious, so she's just like, "Fuck you, canine!" <laughs> it's just so bizarre. Like she looks at him, and then she's like, "Ha!" And she throws the ball towards the sea, walks off without a second glance, waits for him to reach the fucking sea, which is obviously where he's going, and then goes, "Canine!" <laughs> You're like, "That was always going to happen from the moment you fucking threw that ball at the sea, you stupid cow." Anyway, um. That happened. Then they decided, obviously, because of that terrible incident, they needed a holiday. And probably, again, I'd already lost my concentration with only been five minutes in. Um, they went for a holiday. They went to the Leisure Hive. We arrive at the Leisure Hive. They, um, the first thing that I would want to do when I went on holiday would be watch some kind of electronics demonstration. That's generally what I want when I go. That's what I tend to seek out. (laughs) I I, I tend to ignore the welcome meeting and find the nearest electronic presentation. Yeah. Well, don't you worry. Leisure Hive, there. As soon as you arrive, sorted. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So we have Pangol doing his little leggy army thing. Great. Teaching us all about tachyonics. Everyone's amazed. Everyone's excited. The doctor and Lalskipt 
are a little bit nervous. Should they really be doing this? Do they know what they're doing? They'll be fine. Don't panic. Don't panic. Um, uh, meanwhile, we've got some other people. They're a bit worried about the future of the leisure hive. They've got a bit of a cash flow problem. They have been spending money. The whole point of this place is to really pay back. They, they know what's gone in, on in society. They know they've let people down with their 20 minute war that caused such destruction. But no, they'd like to give back. Yes, I know. Yes, I get out there. I was awake at some parts. Um, anyway, <laughs> no, I was surprised at the detail of the 20 minute war. I, I know. Um, so, um, yeah, so this, even though it's a private concern, I feel, I feel like it's private in this certain family of not, what are the name of the people, the Pangol people? The Pangol people, let's call them P- Pangov's people, like Pan's people. The Pangol's no. people, yes. <laughs> the oh. Argolin. The Argolins. Argolins, yes, I was almost there. Anyway, the Argolins, um, good people, nice people, not offensive people. Anyway, one of them, balls drop off, dead. Terrible. Um, <laughs> don't panic, there's a lady. She's got as many balls as she might need at that time. <laughs> She's in charge now. She has a bit of a... Oh, they're trying to negotiate with this bloke in England who's representing the Fomarcy and I'm going to call him Fomarcy not Fomarcy as you always told me as a child and it's wrong it's Fomarcy anyway um that happened he comes from England not England he does come from England there's no way he was anywhere other than England from the <laughs> okay, earth good to know good to know <laughs> to the leisure hive and says oh are you sure are you sure you don't want to Go in with the, the deal. I think you might like it. You're not going to get a better deal. You're all going to be fucked otherwise. Go on, go on, go on. You know you want to. Go on. Anyway, same time, we've got another dude from Earth. Again, England, I'm guessing. He has been having a little, a little sneaky sneaky, trying to dupe the, the lady with all her balls, um, saying that he can rejuvenate her and make her all good again you won't drop your balls for ages it's, it's like he's got like a spray for christmas trees where it'll keep the needles going forever it's, <laughs> it's gonna be great anyway it's all a lie we knew it was it's never gonna work he gets found out but he really huh? likes her i think he fancies her but it was odd couldn't work out what was going on there anyway also, the whole tachyonics thing. Oh, God. I just don't even want to go there. <laughs> just makes no fucking sense. It's like you and Anna explaining anything technical to any other human. <laughs> <It's just> wow! <laughs> I mean, wow, but absolutely fair. <laughs> it's just, oh, I, it, it was upsetting how you could tell the people writing it didn't know what they were writing about. It just felt like utter gobshite. They pissed around with some electronic words. They did some stuff. Um, uh, yeah. It, it, basically, smoke and mirrors. We don't think it could work. Um, we find out that that English dude, not an English dude, but there was an English dude. He's still there in England. He's somewhere in Somerset. He's having a lovely time. Anyway, <laughs> what? I, actually, if you, if you squish his face up real tight, he turns into a Fomarcy. The bad Fomarcy from, from the West Side. What are they called? <laughs> the West Lodge. Yeah, them. West Side, West Lodge. <laughs> They're terrifying. 
They're bad hats. That's all you need to know. They're bad hats. And they have badness in their hearts. They've been causing problems with the tachyonics to try and make the share prices go down and to make it so that they can buy it cheap. I don't know. I don't know. Things were happening. They were naughty and bad. Um, then that gets uncovered. We're all fine. Don't panic. It's over now. It's not. Pangol's got his knickers in a twist. Pangol isn't the daughter, no, son of the lady with all her balls. He's a creature of the machine. What does that mean? No fucking idea. Never explained. No effing clue. He's just, he was born from nowhere. Brilliant. Anyway, he decided the world needs more me. Like, I get him. Like, this is often what I think. Like, if there was more me's, I feel like the world would be a so much fun place to be. People would enjoy themselves. A lot of people would have better managers if I was there. It, it wouldn't be at all terrifying, a world of Alex's. No. no I wouldn't be terrified brilliant. for my life. No. I'd also craft my own special helmet so when they were recreating me many times, it was really easy to do. It would be really good. It would have like, eyelashes <laughs> and stuff on it. Anyway. Um, so recreated himself many times but good old Tom had already got in there fiddled around oh he got old at some point don't know why anyway um fiddled around and instead of reproducing pangols they reproduced toms it was magical um and then oh no that didn't make sense I'm just not even gonna go there um <laughs> and so pangol didn't do a very good job he didn't win but he did attack the lady, his not mother, with all, there's not many balls now, balls have dropped. Um, that bloody pine needle spray was not doing its job. Anyway, <laughs> the English chap, not from Somerset, probably from, I don't know, probably East London. He picked her up, took her to a, a little area. The, 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 machi the machine, sweetie, took her to the machine, they pressed the buttons, she was all all right again. The end. <coughs> and Pangol was a baby. And Pangol was a baby. Pangol was a baby. Yes, he could start again as he hadn't done a very good job the first time. Yes. Good. That doctor has been interfering with the generator again. I want them all found. Mina is dying. The life of an individual is trivial. You might at least try Hardin's idea. With Mina's death, the future arrives. The children of the generator will rise to claim their inheritance. Well, thank you for that stunning synopsis. All the bases covered, no stones unturned. Yeah. I mean, I think what you demonstrated was what a slick, well-edited script it was. And yeah. how there was, there was nothing that was sense. confusing. No. And how it all made perfect sense. Yeah, no, it was great. I'm really glad that they gave us that little gem. Gem! <laughs> okay, so... Can we go to Brighton to start with? And that opening sequence... Start at the very beginning. Yes. The opening sequence. Could you believe how long the opening sequence was? <laughs> yeah, my, my, my commentary is, all right, you're at the fucking beach. It was just like, <laughs> stop that. How rude to expect our eyes to continue watching for that amount of time while nothing happens on a beach. What the hell? So rude. You just never was, get that. 
No, it was like a minute and a half. It was awful, interminable. Why? But he kept, but he kept doing it as well. Like the shuttle docking, the Earth shuttle docking, that that went on forever. I never knew what that was. I just thought, oh, someone's shaving. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on there. It's so bizarre. <laughs> and yet, one of his his decisions was to cut as much dialogue as possible, so there was no unnecessary dialogue. Oh, yeah, the unnecessary but, dialogue that would have explained what the fuck was going on. Exactly. And the, and the reality season. is that we needed that dialogue rather than all these slow sequences, which were not communi- communicating every, anything. Um, I don't think he ever directed again. <laughs> was someone was brought up by, by John Nathan Turner, and he said to John Nathan Turner, I want to do it. Like, someone was brought up by John Nathan Turner. He was just like, you were just cleaning the floors, and they were like, come on, I think you can do a better was, job than this on, bloke. Yes, I know you've got a rather fantasy name, love it, but uh, you can do it. Um, honestly, I can never believe how long that was. Honestly, just so bizarre. Yeah. Um, and he was yeah he was trying to do it like a film, so you've got that arty space shot, which I felt was very Hitchhiker's Guide. Where oh, I've got a Hitchhiker's references in it. It was very Hitchhiker's feeling. So Douglas Adams has left by now, but I think he's still being felt. He's the mm. new script editor. The music is, is was very Hitchhiker's, wasn't it? It was, wasn't it? Yes, mm. it was, sweetie darling. Um, I think it was made the same year with the same musician. I imagine Peter Howell. So probably nothing to do with Douglas Adams' influence, but just that that was popular at the time. But no, I think the the feel of it was still Douglas Adams-y, because he'd only just left. There was definite sort of... The sense of a race having a war and all that sort of stuff. It just kind of had that sort of aspect to it. But I wouldn't have picked this as a David Fisher story, having thought of his previous ones being like Creature from the Pit. And I suppose it's not unlike... but. But it's nothing like Stones of Blood, is it? At all. Oh, gosh, is that what Elsie's done? No. Yeah. No. Gosh, Um, no. Didn't didn't he write Androids of Tara as well? I think he wrote Androids of Tara as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, I I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I was very excited that Pangol, honestly, as soon as I realised that Pangol was the dude from Two Weeks Notice and... The thin blue line. I was in heaven. <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> I was all I know, I it's see. funny, isn't it? <laughs> I could just see his little tash and his angry little ways. I was like, it's him, it's uh, him. He's mm, just so lovely. And, What's uh, his name? David Haig. Okay. What What more famously is he in? Or is no, it? No, it's just the thin. It's just the thin blue line. <laughs> really. <laughs> well, no, he's in lots of things. He was in one of Alan Bennett's Talking Heads. I think the second series. Okay. Yeah. Um... I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Oh, a question for you. Do you know who's originally meant to be playing Lady with Balls on Her Head? Mina. No. Would have been perfect. So much better. Sean Phillips. <gasps> oh, she would have been amazing. Wouldn't she? Wow. She would have, she would have elevated it. it. I know. Oh, wow. How? What What happened? I don't know. She maybe said no. She, she read the script. Maybe she read, yeah. maybe she read the script. Yeah, it's like, no, it's a load of <laughs> bullshit. I want to keep my balls, thanks. I'll stay here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to wait in makeup all that time. Yeah, but that would have been such... That would have finally been something exciting. Or it but, could have been something like Honor Blackman. <laughs> it would have just been like, there's no oh, amount yes, of acting that can fix this. Save it. Yeah, exactly. But, um... 
it's a weird mood on the beach, isn't it, initially? It's like, they both seem really pissed off. But at this point, um, Lala Ward and Tom Baker are in a relationship and are off on relationship. Mm. And by the time they recorded State of Decay, they weren't talking to each other. And they were really angry with each other all through filming. But then at the end of filming, he proposed to her. And then they were really... Yeah, they were... They were during the rest of their time recording together, they were in a good space. But I think at this point, they're kind of in one of their off bits. So it's kind of Right, a bit so the chemistry is slightly not quite tense. There. Yeah. The whole, well, the whole kind of... I feel like they would have shot the scene at Brighton Beach whether it had been a beautifully sunny day, whether it had been pissing down with rain, like it was just the whole thing, which just added no value in terms of setting a scene or creating a mood. It was just like, oh, it's really windy today. Is that relevant? No, not even slightly. Like it just, that whole thing was just, it didn't give you, it wasn't setting a scene. It wasn't creating a feeling. It was just like, oh, here's a windy beach and then we go somewhere else. Like it was just really strange. Yeah, it was very odd. And was he um, not there in one of the scenes, like where he was like, his scarf is around him and you couldn't see his face? Was that like a mannequin, and he wasn't actually there? I don't see the I don't see the purpose of it at all. I don't see. But you're right. It was like it was the implication was that he was kind of wasn't there, but mm. he was. So it didn't make sense. Okay. Yeah. I think it was only. Strange. Didn't they do a sort of like little? Oh, I do like to be beside the seaside, mixed with the Who theme at one point. I think they did, didn't they? Uh, yes, they did. Yes, and it was awful. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, and it was awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do yeah, like no, I was, to I was be, who beside the seaside. Do you get it? Stop it. Who Stop it. I, I was I grateful like to, to arrive the on the leisure hive. I was like, thank fuck we're there. I feel less stressed already. Like, it was just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, didn't help me. But then, then we arrive on the Leisure Hive, and honestly, I just I wanted to thank Doctor Who straight away. I was like, non-gravity squash, thank you very much. <laughs> That's all I ever wanted. It's just so fucking stupid. It was brilliant. It was just so... It, that was very Douglas Adams and silly and fun, and I just... I loved it. Um, but it did kind of... It does confront you very quickly with how terrible effects can can interfere with your perception of a show like forever I have never worried about Doctor Who's terrible special effects and never really thought about it but when they really try to use a lot of special effects you just think well maybe they pull back on it like if it doesn't (laughs) add any value then maybe you don't need to to push yourself so hard because you you pulled out of the feeling of of absolute awe. You're just like, nah, I'm sorry, I can't get on board with this. Your effects are shit. Like there was one bit where the FOMRC was um, trying to, uh, there was like a laser on the door. And it, like you can just see like it was just like a, like a mouse movement with like a, yeah. you know, like a paint, a paint fucking app. It was just bizarre. But I think that was one of the first times they could do that. Yeah, like, I guess. Like with digital effects. But yeah, it was kind of... Yeah, I agree. It did take you out of it. I mean, the thing that took me out of it the most was just, as you said earlier about the tachronics thing and it just not making any sense. And the fact that it, all the stuff in the in the generator, the recreation generator, what it was called, looked 
like a carnival trick, like with the arms coming off and the head. Yeah. And do you remember that point where Pangle kept bobbing his body? That was so funny. <laughs> and I was like, like <laughs> you just keep squatting madly. It was so much He's not going to go for it a third time. Oh my God, he's doing it a fourth time. And he just kept squatting over and over again. It was but mental. It was, like, it was obviously just separate parts of the picture being shown. Yeah. There was no belief that anything was actually being Pulled really apart. taken apart and put yeah. together. So that robs it of the, the moment of like the episode ending with the Doctor and that visitor Loman guy who dies. And it was just like, well, no, he's just being pulled apart as a as a digital image. That's obvious. Yeah. So there was no real threat, I felt there. No. I felt it was a fake threat. Or And then of course because the the Fomassi, I think you always used to say Fomassi, but it's actually Fomassi. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Fomassi actually, thank you very much. Ah damn it. Anyway <laughs> <laughs> Because they were so shit as well, yeah. I felt there was no real threat in the story because they were like why were they so big and so bulky and looked like really people? unnecessary? Yeah, their feet were what like the kind like? of comedy slippers that you get for children. Like they were really cutesy <laughs> and silly, and yeah. And then just the the mechanics of try again, like the um, oh fuck, the people who fart in the house of no, the Slovene, the Slovene. Yes. The whole concept of getting something really big into something so small, it just again pulls you out of it. The fact that he was like, they just pull the mask off and suddenly he's about 10 times the size of him. Like, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Can I tell you something I really liked? Um, was the design of the laboratory with all the pink perspex and everything and all that. Um, because I used to, um, my friend Keith, and I think one of his parents was a godmother or something. I can't even remember their names now. Marjorie and Ian, no don't know their names anyway i've forgotten but keith was the son who i was friends with and he had a pink loads of pink perspex in his bedroom and it was all i just i need you to tell me who keith is i'm really struggling i'm on the edge of mem- remembering who's keith there was a family bertha and ian they were called bertha and ian bertha and ian yes oh my god yes bertha and they lived and in newcastle ian. they lived in uh-huh. jesmond and... oh and oh they had oh Bryony was the sister. No, that's the Bowles family. That's someone else. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, so Keith, and there's a younger brother called, I want to call him Orville, but that's only because of Keith Harris. <laughs> I don't know what he was called. Bertha and Ian Jameson, they were called. Yes. Were Keith Jameson, and the son was called something else. But anyway, I went to stay with him because I got on really well with Keith. And yeah. And yes, and he had lots of pink perspex in his bedroom, which was Why? really cool. And it was off the time. Yeah. How? Well, like, where? Like, where was his pink perspex? Like, what? It was like bits he got from school or something. I think he was into making things. Like... Oh, okay. So it wasn't like he had like half his room built in pink perspex. It was just no, off-cuts. no, it wasn't that. Okay, I was like, yeah. wow, that's a fucking cool room. Okay, nice. Yeah. We yeah. pieced together what they were called between. us. <laughs> <was> like. <laughs> I really <laughs> have. <laughs> Honestly, I completely almost forgotten who they were. It's amazing when you go back. Uh, anyway, I'm thinking um, of the elephants. No, you're not. You're thinking <laughs> of the bowls, Bryony bowls. I don't know who the elephants are. You're making up names now. The elephants the existed. Ole- no, there are some elephants. Anyway, there are some elephants. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think if we were still doing episode titles, this would be There Are Still Some Elephants. <laughs> Wait, what's um, I did enjoy Mina's arrival. Because yeah. she just like strode. She was in me. charge. She did own the place very quickly in a way that Pangol wasn't ready for. I liked how no. she was strutty enough to kind of knock him off his pedestal. It was quite lovely. Mm. Um, but I, I, that ber- berries or balls in her head thing... I just kept, I just kept wanting to say to them, "Watch out for doorways," because I was yeah, thinking you're going to hit those a I lot. Get a hat just to protect them. Just a like, hat. Don't have yeah. them exposed like that. Anyone no. could just like, or you not can quite off. Little, not off. Not off. You know. Imagine you like a little catapult and just keep pulling at them until they went off. But like you and I, when we used to argue as kids, like you know, like the final step would be to pull the ball off your head. Like there's no way we'd end up after the fucking evil fights we used to have we're just like, right, you're not keeping that fucking ball. It was the time when you famously threw a knife at me. Oh, I've I've thrown my fair share of knives at people. You're not the only one. I think there was to be fair there was a there was a dining room door in the way but still yeah yes but I'm sure I was just as evil oh so I like the little demonstration of the woman who was getting older no getting younger but yeah. but I was annoyed that I missed what Romana saw was that the necklace had changed and I was like I wish I, I knew this was kind of a thing but I didn't check oh properly. no I didn't oh so it was just completely faked apparently Oh, I missed that. Yeah, completely. Okay. Um, yes. I like oh, because when she strides in, is that when we have the militant drumbeat? There was a very the militant drumbeat. Oh, I like that. It was fun. Ah. Like and in fact, we can hear it now, and it's very good. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> actress's voice Mina's voice because it sounded like it had a ring modulation on it or something because it was it was more it was more quite electronic sounding and I was thinking of faffing around unnecessarily making her voice sound electronic-y but that never came out in the plot you know it was like something you thought was going to be said like if I didn't know the story better I think well she sounds slightly robotic but it was nothing ever Oh, okay. He did his duty. I automatically become chairman in his place. We expected you to bring the earth scientist with you. His mother wants to meet you. Yes. <laughs> he didn't. The, the sentences just felt wrong and uncomfortable. Um, the script the, was, yeah, I didn't feel comfortable with the script at any point. No. Yeah, it was really... I felt like they were all saying words that they didn't believe in. Yes. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And then, okay, so when we see... When the Doctor and Lausk are watching the Tachyonics demo, and yeah. oh yeah, and it goes all wrong with the doody dude. Um, yeah. Why is the Doctor insanely trying to clear the area? It's like he's suddenly taken on the role of like, you know, police person, and is like, we must yeah. clear the area now. It's like why? Like, sorry, but like, <laughs> this is like the most care you've ever had for people's sensibilities. Like, it's really strange. Yeah. There's yeah. no reason for it whatsoever. Mm. I think I would have enjoyed it if I'd seen him looking a bit more bloody, the vi- Mr. The Visitor Loman person, if he'd looked like his arm had been pulled off or something. Yeah, you just never feel like he really died. You're like, oh, he's probably still walking no. around. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 
He's at the back somewhere having a gin. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the, oh. it was weird that... that, that uh, yeah, no, carry what? on. No, it was weird on. that... Because this is the next consecutive story to the Horns of Nymon that the Leisure Hive looks very like the Horns of Nymon complex and it was just weird yeah. to have that again so soon. Yes. Yeah, that's true. It, yeah, they don't... Yeah, the departure needs to be stronger, definitely. So, yeah, you said earlier, didn't you, that the um, this is the first time they, they'd used this theme? Yes. So the, it really, you know how I have that thing where my eyes go a bit funny <laughs> when I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm remembering something. Or it's like, yeah, that, uh, when I heard, I think it must have just been the end credits of the first episode. I did start to tear up a little bit because it must have been uh, <laughs> so silly. But it was just, that was my theme. That was the theme that I remember as a kid. That was the theme that was just yeah. important. And so, yeah, it was like, it was my first kind of memory. And it just, it felt so much, even though I love all the other, like the Tom Baker theme previous, but this was, this was mine, even though I guess it's more um, associating it with Peter Davison. I just, yeah, it, it really got me. It was beautiful. Oh, that's lovely. Bless your little heart. <laughs> I want to talk to you about, now we're into episode two, I want to talk to you about murder. Murder! So Murder! I think I didn't realise murders were going on. <laughs> no, exactly. Oh. That's part of my point. So Loman was effectively ah, murdered good. in the machine. Yeah. And then yes. Stimpson, who was very little in it, and he was far too interesting so to be only in it. just remind me who the fuck is Stimpson. <laughs> exactly. So he was the guy with the glasses. He looked a bit like Dad. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. like, he seemed like a really interesting character for not to be in it for for more than 10 minutes. And it was just like, well, he seems like so, this, he's got a story, but we don't know anything about him. It's weird. So he's the guy who's in, in cahoots with the guy from, I'm assuming, East London. Yeah, Hardin. So Stimpson was the one who okay. convinced Hardin into faking it. But because Stimpson's only in it for 10 minutes, you don't understand why he's doing that. So his, yes. his other than money... But it's kind of like we needed to know more about him, and mm. and it was just. And almost... sorry, but who was that fucking mannequin guy who we went to find? I'm sorry, I did not understand that. So he went to find, was it Clout or Brock? And they just found the them in the cupboard because it was if there was the pharmacy. So. Oh, that's why it was a mannequin. Yes. I gotcha. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This really went in for you. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Not clicking at all. Okay, good. That helps. So, sorry. So, he was... He was part of the West Side. West Side! Um, Rock and Clank <laughs> were, but they had nothing to do with Stimpson and Harden. But, the, but Stimpson... Knew one of them, and he he was ah so the West Side. West and I know side. I'm supposed to say West Lodge, 
but I'm going to keep saying West Side, um, <laughs> that were paying. That was basically it. They were paying Stimson and oh. Hardin to oh. fuck with it. Oh, were they? That's all it was, isn't it? Oh, they were And so they're their bosses in that. Oh, you see, yes, I, because you they're see, the mafia. I'd lost that. I'd lost that. Yeah, I'm only just getting it now, clearly. Okay, yeah. so... Yes, so that's why it makes sense that the people were paying them were the mafia, but were also the Fomasi, and they were the West Side, oh, and they the... were paying. Yes. yes, there was a really good observation from Ryan here. People with glasses are always evil in Doctor Who. He said. <laughs> I'm trying yeah, to think I think he might be right. I don't know. I've never ever come across that observation before, but I was thinking. Ooh. I, d- I can't think of any nice, bespectacled person in Doctor Who. So possibly. Hmm. Anyway. Um, right, listeners, please can you let us know about your nice Doctor Who people with glasses? Please, we don't please think they exist. Write in. Um, the thing that I didn't buy in the dialogue here was when Romana said, "One thing I've learned from the Doctor is to check it all again." And I'm like, the Doctor would never check things again <laughs> ever. He just That's tries it, and if it works, to... it works. Yes. He, she 100%. would be the thorough one. Because she's more she scientific. She thought he's always checking up on him. That's just completely belied what their relationship is. Totally. That's not who That's they are wrong. and what they do. He would never mm. check things again. He just... Nah. Bollocks. Just, yeah, like you'd quite happily fuck it up first. And I thought, come on, no. Lalo, you know that. You wouldn't say that. You'd say, no, I think it's the other way around. Actually. Yes, but, yeah, but the scriptwriters clearly don't know Doctor Who. Well, I know. It's weird. Um... Um, um, nice. So I will no. I will. I will now be talking. Wow. Um, I know. I know. Yeah. It's, it's this new this role. is this new job. It's, it's going to be. Head, head. Head. <laughs> yeah. There was a nice bit. I don't remember when it was. What was happening? Lady with balls on her head. Yeah. And she was talking. Oh, what was it? They were talking about what it is to be the foreigner. Can you remember this? And it was just such a... It was, this oh, was the yes. only bit where I found this, this, there was this, anything this, that you this, could really yes. learn. The leisure hive, the purpose, wasn't just for people to come and have a good leisure time. It was that they were learning language and thought and culture. And it was it was deliberately that they actually, when they arrived, they did feel like a foreigner. So that they so could... No one le- was on their home turf. Yes. Everyone felt so they like could a all, little bit at odds. So they could all learn. And be in that position of yes. learning because of it feeling odd and an outsider. It was really interesting, yes. wasn't it? It was. I really liked that. And it was just that, yeah, it just, yeah, it got me to a place that that's, that is, that's the problem now that they're in the world, that there's so little understanding yes. of what it feels like to be the foreigner yeah. and so little compassion for it. If you are the foreigner, it's your fucking fault. Then no one kind of gives a shit about that. It's like, well, you're foreign, so you should just try harder and assimilate. But yeah, if we all had a bit more compassion about what it feels like to be the foreigner, yeah. I think we'd all be a lot nicer as humans. So yeah, no, I, I thought that was the only kind of nugget I got from this that had some real meaning to it. Yeah. Now you understand the purpose of the hive. To keep out the atmosphere. The physical reason, yes. But the purpose is to promote understanding between life forms of all culture and genetic type. There must be no more such wars. It's not just a recreation centre. Even the games in our experiential grid explore alien environments. Each race learns to understand what it is like to be the foreigner. Like learning a language. Language and thought. Let me show you the grid. The other fascinating thing, which I I don't know, it's kind of interesting, is that the Argolin, the Argolin are all dying 
and apart from Pangol, they're all quite old, and how yeah. the Leisure Hive is their farewell, and it's also this is kind of their their farewell gesture to the universe is providing this place, this haven of sharing culture and language and ideals. And I thought that was really interesting, but I don't think that was pushed enough that this was there. It did not come across. There was not loads of people there actively. There, was, there wasn't even one scene where a lot of people were kind of getting to know each other. They were watching an electronic yeah. demonstration and that was it. There was no moment where it's like, ah, oh, so you're like that. Let's hear more about you. Like there was mm-hmm. no interactions. There was no kind of tasks or anything that they were involved with that helped them feel like they could get closer to their foreign yeah. neighbours. And if we'd, yeah, if we'd somewhat seen some of those tasks, and this is the shortest running Doctor Who story. It's 80-something minutes for a four-parter. It's oh. so short because right. Love at Bickford kept cutting dialogue, but then also having these really... I don't know, know how it was that short, given all these shitty long sequences that didn't need to be. <laughs> of, of it did feel quick. It did, it did whistle but by in a not they was, way. They could easily have afforded some scenes where people were talking to each other, just in a circle or just... It would have been amazing, just yeah. to actually give you the feel of what they're trying to achieve Yeah, there. or sharing slideshows yeah, no, of what their planet was, or whatever. Anything. Oh, God, not a PowerPoint, sweetie. We don't want PowerPoint. We only learn through PowerPoint, PowerPoint these days, there. sweetie. We need PowerPoint. <laughs> they should have added PowerPoint. <laughs> okay, so I have a, I have a question. Yeah. Question. Um, so when I would have thought in the world of an Argolin, the first time that you drop your ball, lose your cherry, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> that <laughs> that to me would be pretty monumental. You'd be like. Fuck, this is it. Because, like, from that moment on, it's fucking steep slope. You're pretty much dead within about a week, if that. Yeah, like, because it's so... quite late on it happens. It accelerates at the end, doesn't it, they said. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So they're all of their life are like, fine, fine, fine. Fuck, I've dropped my cherry. I'm going. Yeah. And so at that moment, you'd be like, shit, I'm dying really soon. But she's like, oh, yeah, it's just what happens. It's fine. Yeah, it and, like, make sense. she just no. doesn't get it. No. And if that was the situation, you'd have your, right, this is my last day. Or my last few yeah. hours, I'm, I've got a plan here. I think they did say that it has started to get quicker right. now, like at some point. Like it's faster yeah. than they're used to it being. But even so, like even if it was like double or like, sorry, half the time it used to be, it's still, it's coming quite quick. Like you'd, there would be some kind of ceremony or some kind of conversation you'd have with someone when you when that first happens to you. It's a big deal. And linked to that, you're about to say something really dirty. I can see. I'm not. I'm not. I suddenly, suddenly, it was just a bit of dialogue I really enjoyed, but was shocked by was when she lost, loses her ball. Romana turns to her and says, and she's like, Mina saying, "Oh no, it's fine. It's part of the situation." And Romana says, "Yes, but you look older." And I was like, "Wow." <laughs> Get some tact, you bitch. It's like whoa. That's all I was suddenly smiling about. It wasn't a dirty thought. You're so Um, dirty. So, I want to talk about the helmet of Theron. Can I talk about the helmet of Theron? Could you? Could you? Yes, we've talked about cherries. Let's talk about helmets. Um, Well, it means nothing. The interesting thing to me is. They say, like, you must swear in front of the helmet of Theron. And it's like, well, that's like saying you must swear in front of the Easter Bunny. Or it's not something that people who aren't on Argolis would believe in or care about. Mm. So you'd you'd swear, I'd swear in front of the helmet of Theron because I don't believe in it. Yes. Yeah, it'd be like us swearing on the Bible. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm very happy to. Nothing. 
king, I'm happy to lie right now. <laughs> this is like an invitation yeah. to lie to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was a bit weird. Yes. Um, but then I guess we do get people to swear on the Bible and we don't give a shit about it. So the fact that they believe that that's something that should have some gravitas behind it just means that they're deluded just like the people in the world today are. So, so in, it kind of also does make sense. Yeah. So in the courts, really, they should say swear on your child's life, maybe. And I think they, they do have an alternative thing that you say when you're not religious. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Again, listeners, thanks. Thanks, listeners. Thanks. I mean, like <laughs> Doctor Who fans, you could swear on Tom Baker's life, maybe, because you want to keep him going. <laughs> but then he'll, like, die next week and you'll feel awful. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if he dies before this podcast goes out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not happening. Um, Roma, Romana, sorry, it's not a good story for Romana. She's crap at science. She doesn't follow through the experiment to see what happens next. It's still going and she just... She runs up. out before it kind of breaks and you're like, oh my fucking Christ, surely you check the end. Surely yes. you fucking just... It's fine, it's all fine. <laughs> Come on, in you go. It's all going to work. Mental. No. Yes. Yeah. Um, but actually, I think before that, they were said the thing about, there's a question of radiation, where he's, where it's obvious that, um, what do we call him, Hardin is just making all this shit up, and Lalsk and um, the Doctor are just like, obviously this is all bullshit, and it was just quite fun. It's a, it's a question of radiation. The Doctor looks at him and he goes, oh, really? And he's just this kind of eye and mouth gesture. And you're just like, he was just, he was such brilliant acting where he was like, I don't believe a fucking word you're saying. And I really enjoyed it very much. There was like one line from episode two that, um, that I used to have as my email signature back in the late nineties. But now I'm thinking, why on earth was that in my email signature? Cause it wouldn't mean anything to anyone. It was on my professional email. <laughs> fucking weird geeks here yes. oh you'll I'm really cool now <laughs> you'll never understand looking, only a few will understand but looking back now I'm like what on earth it's not even funny and it was it was the line his scarf killed Stimpson and then arrest the scarf then and that was in my email signature at the end and I'm like what was that doing there because it doesn't make any Why sense you got a... I feel so bad for you <laughs> thank you I'm thinking like 95, 96, that was in my email signature at the end. I'm like... So is that Templeton? Yeah, when I was at Templeton College. But it's like, what the <laughs> fuck was that doing there? I'm, I'm so glad you kept your job. <laughs> it's bizarre, isn't it? I'm really confused about that. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> because I said to Ryan, there's one, one line in here. And then when it came up, I was thinking, yeah, I'm not going to talk to Ryan about this now. Because I'm Wow. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't even made a note of it. I remember the line, but yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it worked. It worked in that situation. In, yeah, but it doesn't work as an email signature out of context at all. I, I really don't understand where no. my brain was at at all. It but it's also me. not that funny. Or also, that it's funny. Like one of the... <laughs> the least of all the lines you could choose. What the fuck? Yeah. All right, something I love. At the end of the episode, yes. when Romana does come back into the lab and she goes away again and she sees the thing and she sees its hourglass is melting, I love the music for yeah. that bit. There's a chinkly, 
Okay. Tinkly tonkly music that I will play in over this bot. I just love it, and it's my favourite moment that. in the, all of the Leisure Hive. But yeah, there's not a lot I love in it, but that's the bit I like. So I'm just being positive. Nice. Well, I'm going to go back a little bit because I just... No, sorry. Scene. No, no, sorry. Sorry. We're doing it! <laughs> We're doing the fucking thing! So, um, when that they're doing that experiment and they're like, right, I don't know, like 250, 300, 350, I don't, I don't know. But it was just, it was so lame. They were like, what, there's a higher number and it's not doing the thing yet? What's the thing? I don't fucking know what the thing is. And like, oh, do a higher number. Okay, has it done the thing yet? I don't know. Higher number. The thing? Like, it just, none of it was making any fucking sense to me. It was just, it's like, what thing would it do? Oh, you know, the thing. It's just bizarre. Like, what what was supposed to be happening? It was like, oh, higher number now. Like, there was no jeopardy. There was no excitement in it. But I think it was supposed to be like a big kind of build-up moment. It was like, aha, numbers are happening. Hated. Something else I want to bring up, which is a bit earlier, is the obsession with scarf tying in this episode. Scarves, his scarf being tied around the, the, the you know, the fake Arg- Argolan body thing. Those, those mannequin things. Yeah. And like yeah. there was that point where it was pulled around the TARDIS and then she got a shock because it was there. Um, and it wasn't the doctor. And it was the thing. Yeah. But how did that go round without falling over? You know, yeah, would can't walk. Someone had to be holding yeah, the exactly, and that yeah. just upset me. But then the scarf again later on when it was in the helmet of Theron and they pulled it out of the scarf, the scarf out of the helmet. Really, yeah. it was very laboured. All the scarfography. Yeah, scarf scarfography. <laughs> absolutely, it really did go for the scarfography in a big way. I know, and it I was not necessary. Didn't enjoy it. No. So anyway, no. episode. Okay, so yeah. I know I have a question. I have a question. I have a question. Were you at all worried when he went oldie, oldie man? Um, Was there any jeopardy there for you? I just remember reading that Tom Baker really hated being old in it. Did he? Oh yeah, massively hated. So that's all I was thinking of. Was like, well, Tom Baker's hating every minute of this. Um, I think because the process was laborious, but also, is this the point where he got really ill? He got really ill at some point in season eighteen, and I think it was about now, and he was really ill. And what kind of ill? I don't know. It's never really been said what he had, but he had something that made him ill for quite a while. And his hair uncurled for the first time in his life. Yes. Oh, no. So they had to stop perming his hair. Um, yeah. But oh. I don't know whether it's during this story or whether it's during Megalos. It's around this sort of time. And that also put strains in terms of, I think that was to do with him and Lala and all this stuff. But anyway... Yes, there's something around this around this time that was going on, and I think being old was just when he wasn't feeling well was another part of it. Yes, probably didn't add to the joy. Yeah, but I just I think for me like it felt like it was supposed to be like a big moment, and and I know it's stupid because that hadn't happened yet, but I'm just I'm thinking to like Peter Capaldi in that fucking tower where he just lived like his life over and over again each fucking day, and he's just like. 
getting old in that fucking machine is nothing compared to what the doctor's been through in terms of time experience in other kind of mm. stories like because he's like hundreds of thousands of years old in I, I still don't understand how the Peter Capaldi one resolved. Is he supposed to still be like a million years old? I don't know. No, because he kept dying, didn't he? By the way, that's that's yeah. regarded as what by New Who fans, which we, I think we are as well, as the best New Who story. I probably would agree. It okay, was, good. Yeah, it sticks with you. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 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 one that always comes back, and you're like other other things that have happened even before you're like actually i feel like i want to compare it to that because yeah. this was like it felt like an important important moment in doctor yeah. who heaven sent isn't it yeah episode three this is when i noticed there was some murders i was like murders <laughs> someone said there was murders i hadn't even noticed any <laughs> yes yes um, murders who they had the collars the programmed collars for, so it's electronic monitoring, tagging of criminals years before that actually happened. They had the collars on, the Doctor and Romana. Oh, yeah. Good. Very briefly, but because of Mr. Trimmy Lovett Bickford trimming here and there, there was a sequence originally where Romana tries to leave the cell, but because she's got the collar on, she's kind of like chokes or something like that. Or, she or like a dog that barks when it should. Yeah. <laughs> She has to go back to the room sort of thing. Wow, yeah. that's quite clever. But instead what happens, which takes away any jeopardy or interest, is that Harden just turns up and releases them immediately from them. Right, yeah. So I didn't even and... remember that they were trapped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you wouldn't. Your movements will be unrestricted provided you keep to the programme. We're being programmed. Vargas will explain. The programme allows you to be in certain areas at certain times. The collars will only become uncomfortable if you attempt to depart from the programme. Or try to remove them. Hardin wants Romana for the experiment. And Mina's like, no, you can't have, you can't have her. And he's like, I don't care. And he just goes off to their cell and there's no guards or anything and he just releases them. Yeah. And I'm like, what? It was weird. It was like there was no... Danger. There was no worry about him getting them out. He just released them. Like, was that when you were wearing loft insulation? Who was wearing loft insulation? Well, that was later. That's the oh, Fomasi okay. wearing loft Sorry. insulation. <laughs> so how old is Kangol? About... That was a question I wanted to have answered. And then, I, the, and then my answer was, oh, no, I don't care. But I felt like I ought to care. Like, it seemed important, but I don't know why. Well, he's the child of the generator, is he not? Can you I like that line. That? Right, so he is the child of the generator. <laughs> so there's... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> One is a pension scheme, and the other is a unit trust. We've <laughs> been getting a lot of letters recently about one very confusing problem, and oh? maybe you can clear this one up for us. Yes. What is the difference between a pension scheme oh, yes. and a unit trust? Yes, I've had a lot of letters myself. Mm. Now, let's clear this up once and for all, shall mm -hmm. we? The first is a pension scheme, whereas <laughs> the second one is a unit trust. Oh, I, I hope that's clarified. It yes. Out there. Got it. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, all become clear. No, all seriousness, though, right, basically... So there's the generator. <laughs> he is the child. <laughs> the child of the generator. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
No, honestly. So you've got a child. <laughs> you've got a generator. Yeah. He's the child of the of generator. Of the generator, yeah. So it makes no sense to anyone and there's no explanation ever. Well, I think the explanation is somehow there's some sort of tachyonic creative moment. Don't you which dare say tachyonic sense. creative moment to me ever again. <laughs> so I just said it. I said it. Shit. I, have, I have no tachyonic creative moment. Tachyonic moment. Fucking dare yes. you. I love that I said it. I love that I said it. <laughs> so I love that tachyonic I said it. I am going to put. I'm going to put tachyonic. <laughs> I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. Tachyonic creative moment. I'm going to put face. I'm going to put it on the other side. Don't ask. Yes. Wow. I can't. <laughs> They're using <laughs> bollock science to get a plot together that does not make any fucking sense is what I wrote. But then you just come up with a tachyonic creative moment and now it's all become clear. Thank you. Ding! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. Good. Um, but there was this interesting thing about... It would have been really interesting to show... Because they... No, seriously. they. I've just remembered something that actually does help. Is the full name of it was the Recreation Generator, which you meant to think Recreation are Leisure Hive, or Leisure Hive for our American listeners. No, um, just but, no. But it was actually the Recreation Generator. So it was kind of a pun, and it was actually about recreating oh, things. Was it yes. a pun? It was a pun, but it wasn't clear, was it? So no. they think, oh, it's a Recreation Generator. It's fun for the visitors. But in fact, no, it was a Recreation Generator. And... What they tried to do to save the future of Argolis was create a new race of Argolins through the generator. And that's how Pangol was created. So um, was that always the plan? Because they didn't seem that solid I don't know, because the they, they abandoned it. No, they abandoned it because most of them, they said there was disfigured mutants yeah. that were made out of the generator. Right. So, and then so Pangol the, this is piecing like, together so, a bit. So. <laughs> Pangol kind of came through okay. Yeah, got but, it. His makeup was meant to suggest he was slightly more gold and slightly more, more weird. He, he was meant to have slightly different makeup because he was a bit more of the machine than the oh, others. But that wasn't clear. No. No, at all. So, so actually, there was this uh, tachyonic creative moment. It's like you describing anything electronic, and then you came through. <laughs> it's just... I knew. <laughs> Who knew? Do they accept a sort of cabinet of illusions? And then the name of the thing. Has that struck you? The generator. Recreation generator. Recreation. Creating things again. Things, yes. So I'm I'm now arrived at the bit where the um the Fomarcy are no not the Fomarcy the Doody Dude the Doody Dude um the man the man from Somerset but was not really um where he gets found out are you there yet or not yes I absolutely okay. am end of episode three so I just found it was quite strange that obviously they could just pull his body off so quickly and easily but then then they just take his translator and it's like 
There doesn't seem to be much of a fight there. He's just like, he just takes his translator and it's like, oh, now I can tell you what the fuck's going on. And like, it just, there was no kind of, it didn't feel like a dramatic moment. And it was just like, right, okay, now I'll just let you know this is what we were doing. And it just, it really was so lamely done. Like, you would fight to the bitter end to not let that guy have your translator. And it was the costumes though, wasn't it? It should have been much more brutal and chirrupy and insecty and scary mm. and but it was a really weird episode ending you know it was really like this is not this is not compelling at no. all and then of course his first words once he got to the translator was i'm the fomazi government which was really funny <laughs> <laughs> he was just <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I was imagining it. Like here, where our government is represented by a building called the Beehive, and I was just imagining him being like, I am the entire building. Like, it is me. Yes. I am the Beehive. Yeah. Exactly. It's so weird. Um, yeah. I don't know. Very odd. But that reminds me now that of David Fisher had this obsession with language and about translation because in creature from the pit they need the shield to translate what yes the... i remember that yes. yes so that's obviously something that was his thing mm. so it's the link sweetie, but it is darling. interesting like it is interesting but you need to make something of it like it just i don't know it yeah. just didn't feel like they used those clever pieces of wise it was like a pink it was a pink makeup compact or something they shoved up their nose wasn't it or something to make them <laughs> I'm going to get me one of those. Yes, you will. Um, so the, the West Lodge are looking for a new venue for its activities. So just watch out. They're moving yeah. from Sicily. Yes. Bizarre. Um, I'm out so of this is when they wrap them. Yeah, they wrap them in the loft insulation. And what I love is, even though they're meant to be tightly wrapped in the loft insulation, they can happily just waddle down the corridor. No resistance here. We're just happy to go wherever we're taking. No, very happy. No, very no weird. one was manhandled in any kind of a way. They're like, yeah, you caught me, governor, fair and square. Yeah. yeah. And again, yeah. very David Fisher, the, the, kind of, the story's kind of, over and you think oh it's over in episode four just like when um that all happens there and then suddenly you've got that that big comet or asteroid or something coming i don't remember what's happening in well, from the pit, but it's a big thing blood, it's very much i guess the story of two halves isn't it it's like it's all over yeah. when you fucking go to yeah up on the yeah yeah whatever it's called but um but you, so you've got all the pangol going mad stuff to happen yet but there's an idea that peace is restored but oh, I can hear no. a wood pigeon on your audio. Yes, you can hear the fucking wood pigeon that I hate. Oh, it's such a beautiful oh, it's so noise. I miss wood pigeon Is noises. it? It's yeah, if you lived here, beautiful. you wouldn't miss it. No, if you lived but here, I don't. You and I live in New Zealand and we have fucking tuis and fucking more porks and they're supposed to make lovely fucking noises, but they're not my noises. Anyway, carry on. Just listen to the pigeon for a moment. So beautiful. Yes. It's on the chimney. They're less fun when they fall down the chimney to and then hide in the chimney and then they, they get stuck there and I have to get my arm up the chimney and pull live pigeons out of the chimney and put them out the window. Why do I have to do that? Because our chimney sweep refuses to put a metal cage on the top of our chimney because our house is too tall and he's terrified of heights. Our chimney sweep is terrified of heights. <laughs> so we've had... So we've had four pigeons that I've actually had to manhandle I'm out of I'm the... thinking you could probably go out of town for your chimney sweep. I feel like you well, probably look I think you should now. 
I love the problems of being Lord of the Manor. <laughs> it must be so hard. I really feel for you. <laughs> My house is too tall to it. <laughs> I don't, you don't understand. <laughs> it's very tough. It's very, very tough. Um, I love a bit of Pangol when he's going a bit mad. It's like someone who's like got his PowerPoint presentation and everyone's going to stay and watch it regardless. Yes. The doors are locked. He's yeah. like, you're destined by history to stay and watch my PowerPoint. Yeah. This is going to happen and you're watching it all. And it's funny because they are kind of watching a PowerPoint, aren't they? Because all the, all, the, all the helmets going... Yes, exactly. It really is. Just, it's like yeah. the end of Solitaire when you've done really well and the, the cards are flying everywhere. <laughs> it's just, there's <laughs> pangles everywhere. There isn't though. There's toms. There's toms. Yes, and I love the fact that he says, we are the army, we Pangol. I thought that was a good line, we Pangol. Yes, because it doesn't make sense at that point. At that, yes. When he first says it, you're like, Moo? and then you're like, oh, we Pangol. Got it now. Yeah, I like yes. that. Yes. Didn't you think that all throughout the story, there was far too much access for anyone to the recreation generator? That, that yeah, anyone can fiddle with in. it? You yeah, can just wander I'll, I'll in there, take in. a panel. Where are you going? Oh, do something on the side, twiddly bits, control panel. Yeah. It was just, yeah. it required that all the time. And I don't ever remember who was fiddling at what point or why. No, and what. it wasn't and clear. You could, just, you could just choose to have anything have happened out of shot. Yeah. To make yeah, it no, make and, sense. And, and I so don't like much that. happened the way you weren't aware of. It was just silly. Um, didn't you think that Lala was annoyingly annoying? <laughs> Sorry. Not good words. Um, when she discovered about Tom, like the overreaction face, like, huh, huh, huh. like it was just the re- overreaction faces were really annoying. Well, go right back to Brighton Beach when she overreacts to K9 and she goes, K9! <laughs> K9! <laughs> I feel Same. like that was to cover the fact that she'd actually deliberately done it. I feel like that was just... <laughs> that <makes laughs> I just so tried to fucking kill him there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not my fault. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I have to say, what I did like was the beautiful rainbowy effect of the disappearing tachyon image. When the image on the generator all merged and went into all rainbowy, it was gorgeous. Did you see was that it? moment? Didn't Lovely. notice at yes. all. Oh, hang on. Hang on, dressed for success. Oh gosh, okay. I'm gonna get dressed for success. Shaping me up for the big time, baby. Get dressed for success. So tell me, dress for success. Okay, so I tell you, I will tell you, that I think an asymmetrically draped bit of yellow fabric on yellow lurex bodysuits works pretty well. I'm quite happy with it. I enjoyed every bit of them. I felt like it was a really, it was quite flattering because skin tight where it needed to be, a little bit of safe, like you weren't getting pregnant bellies like we had in um, Planet of Evil. Like it was just... <laughs> we always go back to the Planet of Evil <laughs> bellies, man. don't we? <laughs> poor, poor man. I feel awful for him. <laughs> but like it was just, it was flattering. It was appealing. The yellow was jaunty. It was great. I was very happy. And also the way it draped was nice. It wasn't like a, a really kind of forced neck. It was like, I'll just go where I fall. Don't push me. I'm relaxing. It was a really lovely little outfit. No? But then you've got Mina's attendants who are in white, though, which I thought was odd. They were in white. Didn't notice. Draped. Them. No. <laughs> no. Um, 
And then the other people, they were kind of... I thought they were wearing costumes left over from Blake 7, or maybe it was the other way around, but in Shadow, the, the Mafia characters have those sort of velour sort of suits Who in the episode about Shadow. Now? Hardin, or was it Stimson? Oh, yes. Okay, yes. Yeah, no, they're very much left over Blake 7 outfits, you're right. Yes. Yeah. I think no, so, maybe. but I would have to check... Connect them up. I feel like Hardin Shadow was seventeen. Walked into an entire Blake Seven episode, and he would have yes very well. They were very Blake Seven characters. Yes, exactly. Seventy nine, I think Shadow. But anyway, I don't know. They felt similar to me. But what do you think about Lalo's costume? I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Um, no, it was. It was. I think Lala probably of all of the companions was given the most consideration for her outfits. They were. They were appropriate, yeah. they were pretty, they always suited her stature. She is like a natural waif. It was, yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. Gave us some shoulders, nice little bit of it. Like, yeah. I could imagine any other female companion would have been given a nasty heel or a bit of a platform or something, but she's given <laughs> a very reasonable pair of canvas lace-ups. And yeah, no, the whole thing, it worked very lovely. Nice. Yeah. And of course, we've got to talk about Tom's costume, because this is the first unveiling is this the first of... Time? Of the burgundy costume, oh, yeah. I think I feel like I've mentioned it in a few, like, of our podcasts, but it, it is beautiful. Like, I love that they've kind of, they've thought, ah, we don't have to just stick with what we know. Yes, the whole lady whatever made him a scarf, but he can have a new fucking scarf. He needs a bit of maroon in his life. I think I talked at length about it in Stones of Blood, but yeah, no, I really enjoy it. It's beautiful and it's... It's still Tom. It's a little bit too put together. That's the only thing. Like, he's not allowed to be a tramp anymore. He was always supposed to be a little bit of a tramp. I liked how messy his shoes were. But no, it is. It's I think he, he objected to the, the socks and the, and the shoes that he has. And, I th- and he wanted boots. He wanted to still retain the boots. But they wouldn't let him initially. But I think later on, doesn't he go back to boots? I can't remember. But... Yeah, he definitely needs. He some, I think he it. should always be in something a little bit shoddy, because that was it was yeah. it was so much about being a bit of a tramp. It was lovely. Yeah, and I think it, like this dress for success segment, and t- particularly his costume, I think it relates to how John Nathan Turner was trying to put a stamp on the series fully in a very definite way: new music, new costume, um, and it kind of. It works to a degree, but it feels very stylistically deliberate, and I don't know how I feel about that. You what know, feels stylistically deliberate? To change the theme music is obviously a, a, a change that's not to do with the story, oh, but okay. to change the Doctor so he's wearing something all the sa- all the time that's the same, like he did with the companions coming later, you know? It's like, it's just interesting and not necessarily good. If the Doctor becomes too costumey, because like when it comes to Peter Davison, he's like that's a cricket costume all the time. Yeah. Whereas during the rest of the Tom Baker era, it's kind of as you say, it's a bit more mix and match a bit, mm. and it's a bit less definite. Well, it's a pretty pretty defined outfit that we always see him in. But yeah, no, you're right. There's there's variations to it. it, it yeah, it doesn't mm. have to be always exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right. Well, that was dressed for success. Attention. This is the launch. We're it into space! That is an act of war! War is the destiny of the new Argonis. He's mad! You've got to stop him! You've got to stop him! He's mad! 
the Fermasi shuttle is destroyed. And I was really bothered about that. I was like, oh no, that means that 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 the good guys got killed there. And I'd forgotten completely that it was just Brock and Clout who died. And they were the, the west side. So it doesn't matter. But, <laughs> so what but was it the was... reason? It was like, oh, we, we'd, we'd got a hair, a hair appointment we'd forgotten about. So we didn't go to the... We didn't get on the shuttle when we were supposed to. No, they the stole the shuttle. They stole the shuttle off the other people. Because, oh, okay. let's be honest, it only had very thin loft insulation between them and freedom anyway. So <laughs> exactly. it's probably yeah. very easy for them to get away. <laughs> Someone um, had a pair of scissors, they were fine. Yeah. What did you think about the duplicates wearing helmets and the fact that that was... It was obviously the way to do it. Because there's yeah, another way it, of it being the doctor. To be honest, I quite liked the helmet. I liked... Even though it was so clearly a device to allow them to do what they needed to do in terms of replication, yeah. um, I I thought that the helmet itself was kind of cool. I really enjoyed the um, the cheesiness of it. I loved like when <laughs> I loved like I think that after the, like the second replication or third or something when they're marching like really fiercely. It's like, <laughs> We're about to march now. <laughs> it's just like what the are you doing you've just been replicated and suddenly your first imperative is to march <laughs> it's just bizarre it was yeah it was really cute but yeah no i liked it and it was it was a nice reveal the the first reveal about the doctor being in there i i enjoyed so yeah no i i wasn't i wasn't against it in any way i i wished it was a bit heavier like it was so clearly made of something akin to polystyrene and you just thought oh if only there was a tiny bit of weight to this if it wasn't quite so lightweight it would be better yeah. I have a very slight memory of, you know, when I used to do those tape stories for you, and towards the end I did one called The March of the Cybermen, and I have a feeling I may have used that music. For oh! It. March but of the Cybermen, terrifying. Yes. I don't remember anything about it other than that they always keep them marching, sweetie, always. <laughs> so anyway. I just got a slight pain in the back. It actually went from my chest right through to my back. Just at the thought of a clicker. <laughs> <laughs> the clicker monsters. <laughs> no, they were just the clickers. You didn't call them a clicker monster, it was a clicker. Oh, the sorry. clickers were fucking terrorifying. Honestly, because <laughs> I don't think you can get the concept of how scared I was of the clickers. Even though you actually just drew a face and a mouth on a light bulb and said to me, this is what the clickers look like. I was <laughs> fucking terrified of them. The clickers used to keep me up at night. The clickers were evil. <laughs> I just, I, honestly, I, rem- <laughs> I remember, I said, please, no more clickers. <laughs> that, that had been your life. I remember, you, red, I remember you having that conversation with Red me. rag to a You were like too terrified. And, and the next story, you're it? like, and the monsters are, they clickers! I was like, no! <laughs> about the clickers this will actually kill me it was just too much unbelievable you see i actually created something that was that was a rival to the daleks in terms of terror <laughs> the clickers honestly but it would you remember it was your orange light bulb that you drew yes, a face I've, and I'd, I'd forgotten i'd forgotten until now but now and that it, yeah. that was it and like that that's yeah. the thing that i would have thought like if it was something that was just in my head that would be scarier but you drew a face and a mouth on a light bulb and I was shitting myself. Like, 
what is that level of imagination that I can just... <laughs> just I think you'll find it was that. to do with... I think you'll find, darling, it's to do with my stagecraft. It was the writing, yeah. It was, it was, it was the set that up. Wow. But yeah, so sorry. Yes. So yes, I remember the most of the segment. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> At the end of the story, it all happens really quickly, doesn't it? Like, she comes out of the generator with Pangol, having been sort of thrown in there. I do like that movement where she's holding Pangol and they sort of move upwards together inside the generator. I always like that yeah. moment. But but when she comes out with baby Pangol and immediately she just strides out and says, I must bring him up better next time. That's all she says. Nothing like, yes. what happens? Oh, I'm younger again. Or, oh, why have I got a baby? What the fuck? I'm okay. Yes. It's just, like, there's oh, no recovery honestly, time. Before that as well, when... Sorry, but when Hardin first kind of finds her, it's like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? It's just like, clearly, your first thought is, I'll take her to the generator. But no, it's just like, oh, 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 I'll take her to the generator. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? How would not be the first thing you thought of? That's all you've been working on for the last two years, I'm assuming, in yeah. East London. Um, yeah, but no, I agree. Yeah. And then... Immediately, the Fomasi arrive and say, he says, did someone mention the Fomasi? <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> and it's the same dude who said, I'm the Fomasi government. And it's like, it's such comedy writing. Yeah, and yeah then really bad. There's the, there's the sort of like quick reveal that Brock and Clout are dead in the shuttle. And the Doctor even has a joke with baby Pangol saying, Brock and Clout are kaput, baby Pangol. And it's just like, Really? The dialogue is just like this. Literally, there's about six sentences to end the story, if not less, if not fewer. And it's just like. So bizarre, they didn't think the dialogue was worthwhile. Like, if you just think reboss operation on one side of the scale and this yeah. on the other, it's just. Exactly. Why? The dialogue adds value. What is wrong with you? Why it's is it so something weird. that you need to be afraid of? Yeah, and there was real fear of it, wasn't there? It was so odd. This time I must try to bring him up properly, but there's work to do first. We must contact the Formasi and avert this war. You mentioned Formasi? But your shuttle. The West Lodge leader who impersonated Brock must have tried to take off without us. So Brock and Clout are kaput, little penguin. So, we've come okay, so to I've the end. so I've got here, we've got an Argolin Earth love story. So is it obvious then at the end that Hardin and her are together? Is that a thing? I guess so. I guess so. Has she got, I didn't check. Does she have all her berries back? Does she have all her balls back? I was trying to see. It wasn't obvious. Couldn't tell. Because it'd be hard to... Maybe you'd have to regenerate. Yeah, I have no idea. Okay, and then I've written, yes, break the screen. That'll do it. What screen did they break? No. I don't know. No idea. But I don't understand okay. how, how the Argolin go from there in terms of the future. Because there's only one baby Argolin. So they have to mess yeah. around. Do they have to have another, wait for it, tachyonic creative moment? <laughs> <laughs> Please, God, they do. That's what we all want. <laughs> I'm desperate for another tachyonic creative moment. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that's what's necessary for everyone. Lots, lots of tachyonic creative moments. Otherwise, it's, it's going to yeah, be like far daily. too much daily <laughs> tachyonic creative moments. That's what we're asking for. On Argolis. I'm glad we've worked <laughs> it out. Good. Yes. Yeah. So, I think TARDIS is, I think TARDIS is out of better 10. Than, um, 
for the leisure hive, um, I would say, and I'd really like to say, could we make the, I'm not going to say anything about it being out of 0 to 10 because I just know how much it was off. I really enjoy how much I annoy you with scoring. What, um, right? what are you having? <laughs> I can't believe you're doing this to me. I am going to say five. Okay, so I'm going to say five. <gasps> oh my god! It's really not good, is it? It it's should not, be so much better. It's, uh, but five is a, a reasonably-ish high score for me. So I think it's just the fact that I still do... Uh, like, no matter what Tom and Lala do, I'm always going to love them. Like, yeah. so they, they, have, they give me enough to make me not hate it. I, Pangol, even though he's mental, I think gave us some interesting moments. Yeah. I think the, the background to the plot, had it been explored properly, would have been good yeah like i feel there was the i liked the 20 minute war that resulted in like yeah kind of being whatever forever um that stuff yeah there, there was something there was thought i think it was just badly executed so yeah no it, it wasn't it wasn't a terribly autonomous for me yeah i think it it just needed 10 minutes more script which it had time mm. for and just to explain it things absolutely that yeah and got rid of those long bits where nothing was happening, of the shuttle yeah. and the bloody beach, uh, beach huts or whatever they were. It just tried yeah. to be different. I think it tried to be too like, oh, we're not going to do it like yeah. the others do it. It's like, yeah. you did it wrong then. Yes. Right. So we agree on Tardis out of 10. Yeah. I nearly said Fuck six, yeah. but I think it doesn't deserve it. It doesn't deserve it because it it's just quite unengaging. And all I can think of is Ryan's face watching us this is to say, oh, is this what normal Doctor Who's like? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you only showed me the other stuff. Gosh. <laughs> exactly. Do I have to watch all the others now? Yes, you do. It's part of the contract. Yeah. Honestly, get, honestly, can you please give him the sense rights next? I'm keen to know. I really am well, keen to know. I really love that so much. Not happening. Um, okay. So now I need to know. We need oh. to find out. We're using the randomizer, even though they're not the using randomizer. the randomizer in the Leisure Hive anymore. We need to use the randomizer to find out which story is next. Do yes. So should I click on choose the story, or are you doing it? Please, uh, you do it, and then I'll do it, and one of us will win. All right. So I got the, I did it first, and it was the Highlanders, which is no good because we've already done it. Then I got the the Savages next, which we've already done. Stop then, it! I can't even get the fucking stop. Then the three doc then the three doctors which we've already done. Oh right, so I've got a new one, but I don't know what I feel about that one. Ugh. I have got one that we've not done before, but let's see what well, yours I'm is. I'm still first. pressing buttons. Oh we've done that one. Oh we've done that one. <laughs> That's weird though. No, we oh no, we have done that one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, I'm guessing we're doing yours. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. Let's see what each other's are and then we'll make a decision. So mine, okay. is, mine is the Armageddon factor. <laughs> Mine's Mind Warp. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, I am Armageddon factor tattooed. Oh, you are. Information. So are we yeah. going to do the Armageddon factor then? We're fucking not doing Mind Warp. 
No, agreed. <laughs> agreed. Not until I'm much stronger and more stable. Yeah, you do. We need to. I think we'll both be sixty, and like our yeah. kids will be settled. We, or yes. we can just cope with mind warp now, but not now. So we're doing the Armageddon factor. Hooray! Yes, we are. Good. Right. Well, I think this podcast has been more than long enough. Thank you for listening, That's everyone. Incredible. We love you. Thanks for um, accepting this episode being a little later than usual. don't know how late it is because I'm not going to make any promises about editing. But we are back together podding. You, it's been a small break for you, a long break for us. But it's been a joy. It's been a joy. Hasn't it? Hasn't it? And I feel we did quite a nice little deep dive into the Leisure Hive there. Yeah, I think we dragged the only bits of cleverness that there was in there. I think we got everything we possibly could. Yeah. Really, yeah. Good. Yeah, we're amazing. I think that's the outcome. That we're was, amazing. That was the conclusion. Yes, good. So until next time when we'll be reviewing the Armageddon Factor, goodbye from me. Goodbye. Bye. So tell me, how should we be investing our money? Wisely, I think. Really? Mm -hmm. I mean, for instance, if I were to invest in gold, what mm. could I expect? Well, for about 10 to 15 pounds, you could expect to get a small fine chain. Mm -hmm. If you were prepared to spend an extra five pounds, mm -hmm. you could get your initial, for instance, for you it would be a J, in curly swirly writing to hang on the chain. Mm -hmm. Or perhaps just some simple hoop earrings. Really? I feel duty bound to warn you, though, that if you're looking for a very chunky identity bracelet with yes. engraving on it, yes. you'll be paying upwards of 50 pounds in the market for that today. <laughs> Well, word of warning there. Yes. Area 6 obliterated. Section 7, heavy damage. District 10, no contact. Level 14 holding. Area 2, no contact. Radiation levels indicate nuclear warfare in progress on planet surface. What? You, Doctor, had been foretold. Your coming had been foretold. You are the one who will lead us to victory. I don't think I'm going to like this place very much. Let's locate the sixth segment and get out of here. I'm here! The key to time is mine. You are in the valley of the shadow.